This is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg. Hello and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you'd like more information about you here during the show today, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theivag.com. And while on the website, click on the podcast page to check out past shows or to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions or if you're interested in setting up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Now, obviously the title of this podcast is is the Ivy Retirement Podcast, but today I want to kind of drift off the retirement reservation for a second and talk about saving for college because we have a number of clients and and individuals out there um, in an age group that they're saving for retirement, but they also have kids and they want to save for college. And so that's something that we work with them on. And it's important, right? A lot of people feel some sort of obligation to help their children um, when they get to that age and and move on to going to college, helping support them because college is not a a cheap endeavor anymore. So what I want to talk about today is just some things to consider. Think about some of the main ways in which I would go about um, uh, saving and funding uh, higher education uh, for folks that I work with, and and uh, how it can be interact, you know, inter integrated into a plan for retirement as well. But before we do that, I want to welcome in my co-host Tony. Tony, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, Peter. You know, it's been one of those weeks where we're helping to plan my son's wedding. Which is coming up, and that's just you know obviously uh, taking up time, and uh, you know trying to keep him from not stressing out, and um, it's an exciting time though, and yeah. just busy with work, you know, just hoping spring will finally show up one of these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ooh. congratulations about your son. That's yeah. exciting. We are uh, excited. And, and as we were talking about pre-show, when it comes to spring, you know, we both we live in the northern part of the country, and and March comes, and you really forget that March is still part of winter for most of us in the northern <laughs> part of the country, and you just kind of get sick of it. So all our friends kinda, in the south are like, "Oh, isn't spring great? It's yeah. eighty degrees here, seventy <laughs> degrees here," and we're like, "Nope." <laughs> and I have some cho- and I have some choice words for them that I won't say on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you've been busy though, right? Yeah, yeah, been busy. Uh, uh, you know, work is good and, and uh, working with people on both retirement stuff and college savings, which kind of brought me to doing this podcast because this conversation that, that we're going to have today on, on this podcast is one that I have often with clients and I think it's important to touch upon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking forward to this week. I have a couple seminars and, and talk about taxes and retirement. So it's busy and it's good. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you bring up this subject. This one's near and dear to my heart and my wallet because <laughs> my I have two children currently in college and one that's looking at colleges. So my oldest graduated from uh, four years of college, the one that's getting married. He's already graduated, but he's going into grad school, med school, to be a physician's assistant. 
and that's really expensive. Um, and then my, um, fortunately our middle daughter, she got a full ride scholarship to a really nice, expensive, uh, highly acclaimed school, uh, here in, uh, actually in St. Paul, Minnesota, St. Thomas. So nice. That was nice. Um, she still has to actually pay for books and her, uh, she has to pay for books and rent. So, um, it's not full, full ride, but she, all her tuition is paid and, uh, board. So, and her even oh, the- travel abroad, even the travel abroad, the, uh, that program uh, they're covering. So, uh, so, we're excited. So really, so really the bulk of the cost is, is covered. That's awesome. Yes. 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 And then our youngest, we just, uh, we're just, uh, <laughs> ask, hoping she marries rich. Oh, young and rich. No, uh, yeah, we're trying to save for her college as well. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, and it's interesting you say, you know, your your second uh, daughter it has a full ride scholarship, right? And, and this is kind right. of where that that conversation starts, right? Things to consider before we dive into, you know, what saving vehicles to have. The the start of the conversation is one: as parents, uh, you know, do you have a philosophy? Do you are you committed to paying for, you know, the full cost of college? Are you going to say, hey, look, that's maybe too much for us to save. We're going to help you as much as we can and and you know fill in the gap in another way or maybe you just you don't feel like you have an obligation to do that which kind of renders this whole podcast mute if that's your view but ultimately when you start this process you got to kind of figure out what your commitment is going to be and that can change right nothing's written in stone but at least having a sense of what your commitment is going to be for your kids education that's is the gonna first sit- step is going to set the tone, right, for yeah. for how you're going to save. But you got to keep two other things in mind, Tony, right? One is not every kid is going to go to college, right? You know, for the last 30 years, we've, we've pushed this concept, but, you know, some may go to trade school or you may have a child that goes into the military and, and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. when, it, when you think about saving, you obviously don't know at, when they're, you know, two years old what they're going to do. But keep in mind some f- built-in flexibility is important because not everyone is going to go to college. And the last point to mention, and, and you know, before I was a financial advisor, I actually worked in higher ed. The, the landscape for higher ed is changing considerably. And so if you have sure. young kids, right? My children are seven and three. You know, by the mm-hmm. time my youngest, my three-year-old goes to college, I think higher education, both from a financial standpoint and just how it operates, is going to be radically different because what's happening now is not sustainable. And and so my point here is, is <laughs> if, if it keeps going up, if the cost of college goes up, uh, it just goes up like it has been by yeah. the time your kids are of college age. It will cost you about five hundred million dollars to send. <laughs> well, just yeah, probably with, just with cost increase and inflation. Throwing numbers out there. You yeah, know. And, and so the point is, you know, <laughs> you, you got to make sure your plan is flexible as well, right? Because the <laughs> right. variables are going to change over sure. time. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of where you start. At least when I st- start that conversation, those are the things that, uh, again, to think about. What's your commitment? Realize not everyone goes to college, and that's okay. Um, and, and you know, things are going to change on the the higher ed landscape over time. Yeah. And that landscape has a lot to do also with time horizon. I mean, if you can start saving early, um, we did for our first two, we had more, uh, in savings for them. And unfortunately for our third, we don't have as much saved up. 
Right. So we're hoping she's the one that might, you know, just go to a two-year trade school, and it's looking like that might happen. So uh, that could work out. But we made all our kids, Peter, uh, they had jobs growing up, and they had to earn money, and we made them put half of their everything they earned into their college funds. So, yeah. uh, and, and they have to pay for part of their college. So, uh, they right. have jobs while they're in college. So, so, uh, we're helping, but uh, you know, we told them we can't afford to pay for all your college and it's right. just, you know, on the, on the great co-host radio show co-host <laughs> doesn't really mean what it used to, I guess, as far as finances. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you mean the world to me, Tony. So for, for whatever that's worth, <laughs> I'm kidding. So, uh, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but what's the, so saving for college is important. Obviously that's probably the next step is you're going to talk about saving. What are some common ways that uh, we can save for college? Well, I think the most common, uh, savings vehicle for college that people know is, is the 529, right? This is sure. a special, this is a special account that's carved into the tax code that is, is geared specifically towards saving for higher education. And, and like anything, there's pros and cons to that type of investment vehicle. And it's one that we use with clients where appropriate, right? So what are some of the pros of it? Well, the first one is, you know, any money that you put in there, there's going to be some sort of uh, uh, advantage on your state income taxes, right? Generally, it's going to be a credit or a deduction. So just like when you put money into an IRA uh, or a 401k and you get a, a, a reduction in your it, um, your taxable income on your federal uh, tax return, the 529s give a very similar type of um, tax break for your state income taxes. Uh, the other benefit for 529s, uh, the contributions and the earnings grow tax-free. So here again, it's very similar to an IRA, but again, 529s are very specific that the money that goes into them have to be used for education. Um, so that's one of the, the disadvantages here is that Every dime you put in there has to be used for some sort of educational need. But if you don't use it, let's say uh, you know, you put money in there and there's some left over and you, you're going to pull it out and use it on something for non-educational purposes, well, there's going to be a penalty for that. And it could also be taxable. So that's one of the, the, the cons of, of 529s is that all of that money has to be used for education and it's not very flexible. Um, some of the other pros to it is there are there's no income or age limit. So you could be of any age and have any sort of income and still contribute to the 529s. And additionally, generally, um, and it varies plan to plan, but there aren't really a lot of um, contribution limits. So the contribution limit is going to be pretty high. Most people aren't even going to hit them every year. So it allows you to store a lot of money in these accounts over time. And like you mentioned, Tony, if you start this when your kids are really young, right, you have the power of compound interest. And so over time, you can stash away quite a bit of money um, for uh, for college when the time comes. So, Well, yeah, and I, I just, obviously, uh, it, it's um, diff- going to be different for everybody. Everybody's situation is different, what they can save and how they save. But I know you as a financial services professional help your clients figure out the best way uh, to help their children or grandchildren with college. And there are pros and cons to everything, like 529s. And we have 529s, uh, but we also have uh, other ways. And uh, I think that uh, I'm glad you're pointing that out, that there are pros and cons, right? 
Yeah. And look, you know, for example, in New Hampshire, right, New Hampshire doesn't have an income tax. So the question sure. you have to ask yourself or, or I talk to my clients about is, hey, look, you know, one of the main advantages of 529 is it, it reduces your state income tax. Well, we don't have an income tax, so there's really no tax benefit for you to put this money into a 529. So, but the money that goes in there, you have to use on educational purposes. Well, what if you're, you know, what if your children don't go to college um, or they go into the military or they just decide to go to trade school, for example? Now you've locked your money up and you really didn't get much of an advantage and, you know, tax advantage, and you're also dealing with. You know, some of the downsides being, you know, the investment options are pretty limited in 529 accounts or, um, you know, sometimes if you're not paying attention, the fees or the performance aren't there where you, you know, aren't as good as some of the other different investment vehicles that you could use. So 529s are great and they do serve their purpose. But again, like you said, for every, you know, every household is going to be different. And so especially if you're in New Hampshire, um, it may not make sense to use a 529 because their biggest um, their biggest uh, attribute being that tax savings just doesn't exist for you. Wow! So there are definitely cons to a five twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and that's that's why we haven't we didn't really put much into Anna's because as she she went along, we're thinking she's not probably going to do the four year college route. She might just want a two year nursing school or something like that. So sure, um, you you really don't want to lock too much up in the five twenty nine unless you're absolutely sure uh, you're going to need it. And it does tie it up. It, it keeps it away from other uses. And uh, I think that the those are your investment options too. You want to make sure that control is a big thing with your money. How much do you control it? Like in most work four hundred one ks, you have very little control over it. Right. But IRAs, uh, on the other hand, can be better. I've heard about uh, people using Roth IRAs. In fact, I think you've mentioned that before, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have mentioned this on other podcasts, but a Roth IRA is a, is a, um, a good strategy uh, for saving for college as well as saving for retirement, right? And so let's quickly review what a Roth IRA is. So the, the concept of a Roth is you put the money in after tax, right? So the money that has gone in, you've already paid taxes on it. You put that money in, it grows tax-free, but you also can take it out tax-free. Um, so again, if you put money in there for 20 or 30 years and it grows and you have huge amount of capital gain, well, you don't pay taxes on that. The money comes out tax-free. So the other part with Roths is you also can tap in before you're 59 and a half, right? All, all retirement accounts, 59 and a half is a key age. You can still take the original contributions back out without a tax consequence because you put that money in tax-free. And so this can be a vehicle that you use um, to fund... Um, uh, uh, college because the you put contributions in early, those contributions grow, and then you can take it back out tax-free if you're uh, age 59 and a half younger, or if for some reason, let's say you had children a little later in life, and all of a sudden they're going to college when you're you know, 59 and a half or older, you can use all of the money in that Roth um, to fund college. The nice thing here is by putting money into that Roth, right, you are kind of doing, you're, you're funding two different tracks. You're helping to fund college down the road potentially, but if you have anything left over, you have the flexibility to then use that for retirement um, down the road 
or again, if if your children decide to do something different, not go down the four-year college track, that money can be diverted into something else, mainly retirement. And so now you've built in flexibility, but you've also built in, like you said, Tony, you have far more control over what you can invest that money in, right? Roth IRA, there's a lot more opportunity um, and, and choices that you have for where that money can go. So it's a, it's a pretty strong candidate as a vehicle to augment or help save for college. Well, yeah, obviously that, that really is. And, you know, my wife and I were married six years before we started uh, having kids. So, you know, I'm 56 now. So, yeah, that's, that's a great option right there for me because of the age situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and again, now you're you're kind of you're kind of double like I say you're double dipping in the sense that you could have saved for college but you're also saving retirement. Now, there's some cons to a Roth, right? There's some drawbacks. One is the contribution limits are a bit lower, right? So sure. you're you're limited how much you can put in there every year. Um uh, there's no state income tax deduction for a Roth like you get with a 529. But again, if you're in a state like New Hampshire that has no income tax, that doesn't really matter um, because you were there. You know, you weren't getting a benefit from it from the 529 anyway. But again, if you are in a state that has an income tax, then you're not going to get the benefit um, by putting the money in a Roth that you would have gotten in the 529. It's also important to note if you take money out of your Roth, it's going to be treated though you don't pay taxes on it. It is going to be treated as a source of income. So when you're playing the financial aid game, right, um, where they're looking at assets, they're going to look at a Roth and say, well, that's a retirement account. But if you're taking it out, it is going to boost your income, which could have some effect on financial aid. So that's something to think about down the road as well. Right. And so uh, what about now there are other vehicles people sometimes use. Uh, What about life insurance? Uh, Can that play a part in saving for college? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is one of the strategies we use as well. So so let's take a quick you know review of life insurance, right? The, the, the purpose of life insurance generally is income protection, right? So God forbid something happens to you in the prime of your life, you have life insurance to generally cover the cost uh, to, to replace your income and, and benefits for your surviving family, right? That's the purpose of life insurance. Well, life insurance, there's a lot of different products and uh, a lot of them, you know, people are familiar with whole life, for example, where you pay a premium part of it, you pay a premium part of that premium goes towards the cost of the actual life insurance and part of it goes into the cash value. Well, when we sit down and we work with folks, there's um, a type of insurance, something called index universal life, where essentially you you sit down and say, okay, I want to dedicate a certain amount of money every year for, in this case, college. So let's, for sake of simple conversation, say every year we're going to put $10,000 away for college. So you do that and and you use an insurance vehicle like this because part of that 10,000, maybe a thousand of it or 1,500 is going to pay for the insurance. But the difference now is going to go into a cash account that is going to grow when the market goes up. It's indexed to like the S&P 500 and index itself. And every year that the indice goes up, your cash account is going to grow. And Every year that that index goes down, you don't lose anything. So one of the pro, the the pros here uh, to using a, a vehicle like this is that there's a hundred percent downside protection. Remember, with the five twenty nines or the Roth, you're going to invest that in some sort of investment that's going to go up and down um, with the market. And so there's that risk that you could your your account could go down or you could lose some money. With this type of strategy, there's no risk for that. 
because it's designed to have downside protection to at 100%. The other benefit here is that the money is, again, not earmarked for a specific purpose, just like a Roth, right? Uh, that You can use this cash account, let's say over the next, you, you start doing this when your child's born 18 years later, you have a cash account value that's you know pretty solid, um, that's grown for 18 years, you can decide how to use some of that cash. Is it going to be used for college? Again, if if your child doesn't go the, the traditional path of, of a four-year uh, uh, institution, that that income can or that cash account can be used to fund retirement. It can be used to fund um, something else down the road for your child, whether it's maybe a down payment or, or any other way you want to help your, your child uh, you know, get a start in life. The, the nice part here, again, this money is not earmarked for anything. The other the other upside too is this by using an insurance vehicle essentially all of that money that's saved is not going to count for financial aid right because it's insurance money it's it's essentially earmarked on paper so that if something happens to you both the the life insurance uh, face amount and the cash amount get paid out to the beneficiary so it doesn't count um for financial aid purposes, which is a great tool to use, um, especially if you're on the higher income side and you're looking for ways to, to potentially shield some of that money in a legal way, uh, but from uh, financial aid when that time comes. Well, yeah, and that's that's huge. So uh, obviously there are options to help your kids go to college and ways to pay for it. Uh, and you can get in the weeds with this, but if people have more questions, they can contact you. Um, and, and I encourage them to do so. Um, obviously, saving for retirement, uh, you know, that's important too. Uh, and uh, sometimes they can go hand in hand like a Roth. So is there anything else you want to add before we go? Yeah. So, so the, there's one last thing that I, this question always comes up, right? What should I be saving for, retirement or college? And, and, and the truth of the matter is, you know, if you can save for both, that's awesome, um, and, and you should do that. Not everyone can. Um, I, I usually say uh, one simple thing is that you can always finance college, but you can't finance your retirement, right? You can take out loans for, for college to help your 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 son or your daughter, um, and you can help them pay those back later in life. You can't really do that for retirement. No one really issues retirement loans. And so if you have to prioritize, and again, this is kind of, it's going to be customized for everyone. But if you have to prioritize, save for your retirement first and then start dealing with the college question if you have the ability to do it. But like you said, Tony, everyone's different. And so sitting down with financial service professional is key here, right? Because they're going to design a plan for you based on one, whatever your retirement goals are, but whatever other saving goals you may have for your family, whether it's saving for uh, a vacation in the short term or whether it's saving down the road for college, creating a cohesive savings plan is going to be key to making sure you can pull all those off. So if having that conversation, if creating that plan is something that's important to you, uh, give us a call 866-360-2724 or visit us online at the IVAG.com. All right. Well, that sounds great. And another great show. Thank you so much, Peter, uh, for the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks, Tony. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Peter Laufenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivyag.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Hilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Laufenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.